Thanks for tuning in to a Sunday service. This week, we'll hear a message from Pastor Andy Bowles. I think that's a, a question that has to be asked often. No matter what you're doing in life, you need to ask that question. If you are at home cooking a meal, I think it needs to be a question you ask yourself at least periodically. What's this about? Why am I, why am I doing what I'm doing? I'm tucking kids in bed at night, sending sweet I love you texts to grandkids, taking your wife out for supper, going to work every morning, doing what you do every day, helping a friend who needs some help. You, you need to have that question at least subconsciously somewhere there. What is all this about? Why am I doing that? What is this for? Because I, I think that if anything we learn from a lot of Jesus' teachings in the gospel, we, we understand this, that it's not just about what you do, but why do you do what you do? You can do something and it'd be good, but it'd be out of ill will or anger or malice or manipulation and, and it really not be good, right? It can, it can actually be really bad if you do something and, and the heart is so disengaged or the heart is, is moving toward that thing with, with an evil intent. Like I'm fixing to do this ladybug. Oh, I got close. Yeah. So, you you, th- you got to think of it like this as well in the church. With, with the church. As a part of being the church. Now, guys, I want you to understand, we are all in one room together. We have been singing and we have been praying and we're going to listen to testimony and preaching today. And those are church activities. Those are activities that the ecclesia called out from the world, gathered together for a purpose, is to do. But also understand this, that not everybody who is attending a gathering this morning is actually a part of the church. The only way you can be a part of the church is if you're born again. Born into the family of God, saved, a part of God's rescuing and, and a part of his, his family. That's, that's the church. The church is a family. The church is a movement. The church is a lot of things, but the church is a, is a faith family. And when we get together, a lot of times what we have to think of is, and not just when we get together, but just as the church every single day, we got to be asking that, that subconscious question, what is all this for? I, I want to tell you what all this is for. Why do we meet as a church? Why do we give as a church? Why do we go as a church? Why do we do things as we do as a church? We're doing all of this. Of course, obviously, the, the big question, and, and it's the, the Sunday school Jesus answer, right? It's God's will. It's God's will. But we do all of this because of life change. Because my life has been changed, because your life has been changed, because it's our desire that their lives are changed. And that ministry be, be flourishing and growing and, and, and doing. Ministry is an activity. It's something that has to happen. And, and we want to make sure that at Embrace Church, you, me, the church, that we're active in doing what it takes to see people transformed, lives changed. What is the key ingredient on our part 
to seeing that happen. Well, this is Vision Sunday, and if you know anything about Embrace Church, you know that we take the first Sunday of the year and we cast a vision on the first Sunday of the year, not to be removed from our overall vision that has propelled us for eight years going on nine years, and and that is we are Embrace, we are loving, lifting, and helping the forgotten. I was wondering if I was the only one saying that. (laughs) Loving, lifting, and helping the forgotten. We desire healthy families and personal integrity and purposed unity and spiritual ambition and quality relationships. And all of that as the core values of who we are in our DNA helps us see this vision of loving, living, and lifting, and helping the forgotten. That's what embrace is. It's the DNA. It's the core. It's, it's the reason we exist. But every year we come together and we like to give a little more wind to that sail. And as last year it was serving, we were going to be the church that serves. You're going to hear reports of of you serving and you helping people serve and all of that kind of stuff in just a few minutes. But what is the key ingredient that keeps a, a ministry on task, focused? What is our responsibility? And we're going to see in just a little while where the origin of that responsibility, where the source of that responsibility comes from. Ours is a faithfulness. Faithfulness. It's, it's what you want from your spouse. It's what you want from your kids. It's what you want from your boss. It's what you, what you want in life. You want people to be faithful to you. You don't, you don't want anybody to sell you out. You know what I'm saying? You, you want people to, to be in it, to win it with you, back to back, no holes bar, you ride or die, you with me, right? Faithful. It's what we desire of other people of us, but understand this, that for anything ministry-wise to make an impact, it takes every part of the body of Christ, the church, every individual member, person, to be faithful as faithful can be, right? I want to make sure before we start inviting these guys up to share reports because this is what we do on this day and you're going to be super encouraged. And I want you to know that you've been faithful in 2022 and you're going to hear a lot of that. But but I want you to know that there is a difference between streaks and faithfulness and we talk about this awful lot in personal conversations that sometimes we can think streaks of doing something, even something good, is the same as being faithful. It's not. I've read my Bible for every day of this month. Maybe next week I'll take off. But I've read it every day this month. I've prayed for a week straight. I've I've, I've given of my tithes as I should for for this year. And and it's it's streaks, it's streaks, it's streaks, it's streaks. And we got to understand there is a big difference between streaks and faithfulness. Number one, like Sam was talking about with New Year's resolutions, and only three of you guys have New Year's resolutions, so I'm talking to you three. Those New Year's resolutions, they're, they're, they're bound to fail 90% of the times. Maybe you'll keep yours, pray you do, you do. but they're bound to fail. It's, it's, we look at life sometimes as streaks. How many times in a row can I do this? Instead of approaching it with faithfulness. Streaks is always going to be doing something looking for a break. Get that. Always going to be looking for something. 
I'm always going to be doing something, but, but looking for a break. I'm, I'm going to do this so many times, but, but then I'm going to take a break, right? I'm, I'm going to, there's going to be a break in this. Faithfulness is different. Faithfulness knows that there's going to be hiccups in the schedule. Faithfulness knows that there's going to be breaks and times to where what you desire to accomplish is not going to be accomplished. So how come it's faithful? Faithfulness. It's because the key to faithfulness is faith. Is are you doing what you're doing out of the reservoir of a faith, not in you or how good you can be for as long as you can be, consistently as you can be, but where is your faith directed and is that the source that empowers you to be able to continue and persevere? Come on, y'all with me this morning? Some of y'all watched fireworks at 2 a.m., didn't you? Yeah? And so again, I just want to encourage you guys. Y'all have been faithful in 2022, but we're going to up the ante because I was telling the guys at Righteous Oaks Friday night while I was preaching there, embraces the church that wants the hard thing. Don't give us the easy stuff. Give that to somebody else. We up in the ante, and we're going to be faithful. We're going to be faithful. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But before we do, Joe's going to come up, and we're going to hear rapid fire, one right after the other, of ministries in which you have participated in, partnered with, given to, and we've seen the success of God move through those ministries. So I'll... Should be.
You know, I think this, this time is super, super important for us as a church to come together and hear all of what God has been doing. And he chooses to do so through you and through the means of how you give and serve and show up, how you pray, how you share the gospel, all the things that you do in a faithful manner. Know this, God can do anything he wants to. The fact of the matter is God does not need any of us. But God chooses to work through his people. And he desires us to be faithful. How many of you guys have ever struggled with being faithful? Yeah, I think all of us, right? All of us, yeah, I've, I've had tough times. I've, I've wanted to do, and, 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 and maybe we've got into that facet, that, that, that caveat of, of streaks versus really being faithful, doing what I'm doing out of a reservoir of faith. And, and, and we can struggle with that kind of stuff. But I want you to understand, I've got a verse that's going to be on the board here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. If you've got your Bibles, you can go and be turning there. It's in the New Testament. The New Testament begins with Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then Acts, and then Romans. Just keep on going. You go to maps, you've gone too far. All right? But, but Thess- the church at Thessalonica, Paul the Apostle, is inspired by the Holy Spirit to write two letters to this church. This church is a church that has a little bit of anxiety. What is their anxiety over? Their anxiety is over what's going to happen when Jesus comes back and how will Jesus, uh, how will this affect those who have died as Christians before Jesus comes back? And so there's this big situation going on in their hearts and minds of trusting that Jesus Jesus is a soon returning king, and on the other side of that, we've got loved ones that we've placed in the tomb, and so how's that all going to handle itself out? And so as Paul is writing to this church, he speaks a lot about things like in chapter 4, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning uh, Jesus is going to come again, He's going to th- those who have died are, are going to be caught up first, and, and in chapter 5, he starts off that chapter by saying, I don't want you to be ignorant of the seasons and times. Nobody knows the exact time Jesus is coming back. Now, just a little side note, I'm praying like John did in the book of Revelation, even so come Lord Jesus. I'd be fine with it if it was 10 minutes ago, right? Nobody knows exactly when, but we know that there's seasons and times, and he talks about those seasons and times. And as he writes throughout this chapter, he gets into this section to where it's almost proverbial how he's speaking. He says, don't quench the spirit, despise not prophesying. Abstain from the appearances of evil. This is the will of God concerning Christ for you that you give thanks in all things. And then we find this statement toward the tail end of his first letter, the fifth chapter. Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. Andy, how can I make sure that I remain faithful? Out of the reservoir of your faith, you operate your means of your ministry, of your life, of your service to the Lord. It's not in what you can do, how hard you can grunt, uh, the, the greatest uh, streak that you can find, none of that. Remember that it says in Romans chapter 14, verse 23, that anything done without faith is sin. So faith has to be the basis of everything you do on this side of your trusting in Jesus and being saved born again. And so my life pattern has to be a pattern that's patterned out of faith. But faith just, if we're just being mystical and super spiritual and, 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 and we're being highly metaphorical about, about faith, we, we, we might get caught in the trap that, that is out there for a, a lot of churches and a lot of Christian groups that, that would claim faith in faith. They wouldn't say faith in faith, but faith in faith does nothing. 
Faith in, in self, you, you, I used to hear people say all the time, I'm a self-made man. And I, I look at them and say, you sure are. <laughs> not, not, not faith in self. Not, not faith in substance or things around us. Guys, when you got, got saved, when you gave your life to Jesus, when you were instantaneously, miraculously born again in a moment, you didn't place your faith in anything other than Jesus and his atoning work on the cross. What he did on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection, through the gospel message, Jesus rescued you from your pathetic, sinful state, and he brought you into his wonderful and amazing family. He knocked the chains of addiction and all other things, sin off of your life, and he called you unto himself. You placed faith in him. Why do we once we place faith in him, all of a sudden turn our faith away from him into something else, expecting to get a result that only he can give. Right? Faithful is he who called you who will also do it. It's his character and his reputation to be faithful. The song that we sang before I got up here, yes and amen. He that has called you, our response and responsibility to him is to be faithful out of the faithfulness in which he shows us. And we can be confident in the fact that he that is faithful and that has called us, he will be the performer unwaveringly and unfailingly so. How does faithfulness, how does his faithfulness so affect us? You're, you're not going to live perfectly. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to sin. You're going to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, think the wrong thing at times in your life, right? One of the most freeing things you might ever get to do is to recognize that you're a sinner, Right? Oh, man, I'm, I'm broken. But there is promise of a perfect place with absolute restoration to where there will be no more sin, no more sorrow, no more heartache, no more crying. It's going to be a place that is absolutely elated with joy and holy anticipation. And everything that is possibly imaginably good will be there. And you ain't there yet. You got you to trudge through this life you got to deal with the difficulties, but you get the opportunity to continually, with your faith, trust in him. Direct your faith to him who cannot fail, who cannot sin, who cannot think the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, go to the wrong place, who cannot slip up, cannot make a mistake. He is absolutely perfect. His nature and his character is one of faithfulness. And then he calls us and says, I want you to be a follower of me. God, how can I? The standard's too high. The, the way is not easy for me. How, how do I do that? Understand this, God, because he knows that you, 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 can't, you can't live in a perfect state. You can't do perfect things. You depend on him in his perfection, but you do so in such a micro sense to where it's so momentarily done to where you're not trying to. Have you ever heard this statement, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I see young Christians give their life to Christ and man, they're trying to eat that elephant with one bite. 
not at a time. And so life is meant to be lived in increments of the moment. <laughs> and God is saying, in the moment, be faithful. In the now, be faithful. Who knows what's next? It's like life is but a vapor. It's here and gone. A tale that is told. You can't, you can't say tomorrow I'll go such and such city and buy and sell. By the way, that's scripture in, in James chapter 4. You, who knows what's on tomorrow? Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, tomorrow's evil will take care of itself. We have to in this moment, let us pray this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Not this week, not this month, not this year, not the next 10 years. Give me today. It's the idea. How do I live faithfully, momentarily, depending upon his faithfulness? But again, I, I'm, I'm, I, we're here to, to, today and, and, and we're clapping and we're excited and we're cheering and, and we're congratulating and we're celebrating because we've seen acts of faithfulness done throughout the year 2022 to where you've given almost $150,000 and you see that combined with that recovery of almost $40,000, that outreach is around $52,000, that that's a third of what you've given. Not to mention worship ministries and disciple ministries and hospitality ministries and Southern or Mississippi Power ministries. You know what I'm saying? City of Forest Water Ministries. Filling that baptism up, that's good stuff. Yeah. So I mean it's it's so this is this is what I wanna this is what I wanna encourage you with. You you guys sat in seats and the seats that you sat in there was a piece of paper that looked kinda like this. This is the this is the sermon notes for the day. You don't get sermon notes ever unless you're writing them down. But these are yours for the day. You should look at those. Those are three thoughts. I believe every one of these things God is provoking, leading, showing, teaching us out of this passage. Faithful is he who called you. He's called us to something. That's our responsibility. He will perform it. How does his faithfulness affect us? His faithfulness leads us to give. Give. You, you guys know I say this all the time, and, and uh, I don't preach on giving a whole lot, but I expect you to give something. To give generously, to give sacrificially, to give selflessly, to sow into the ministries that God has allowed you to participate in. See, a key principle of God's character and his faithfulness is, is generosity. We, we've, we've talked about that through the month of December, that God gave his son who spared not his own son. He delivered him up for us all. How God is the great giver of all good things, that you have nothing good in your life that didn't come from the mercy and grace and the hand of God in the giving. And, and, and so we, as God's people, we need to be the kind of people who are generous in our, in our giving. It is a kingdom investment. There's a, there's a frame that's going to be on the screen here in just a moment. There it is. We receive our faithfulness from God's faithfulness. That's the origin of our faithfulness. The next frame. The next frame. There it is. Give. Just hold it right there. We'll hold tight right there. Out of our faithfulness. You already have the sermon notes, so I'm not spoiling anything. Right? It's to give. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 
Sometimes I run across people who says, but Brother Andy, I just can't give right now. You can't help but to give because God is a God who is going to give in return if you're giving. Not, we don't give to get back from God. We give in obedience to worship to God. But he says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give unto your bosom for the, with the same measure that you meet with all that shall be measured unto you again. Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is speaking. Of course, there's some practical things here, and he's talking to a, a group of people that he expects to carry a message in places that they haven't gone. And, and God's going to, in a supernatural means, minister back unto them as they're giving of themselves. Know this, that it's a stale old phrase, but it's still a true old phrase, that you can't outgive God. We're in a campaign, and we've been in a campaign for a while you know, you may not be able to give a million dollars if you can. See me? We'll take it. You know, cash, check, whatever. You may not be able to give a million dollars. But if everybody gave some, everybody gave something, everyone give, give something, because the fact of the matter is ministry costs money. I think Greg hit the nail on the head a while ago. Every time you give, this is not a cul-de-sac of money, folks. When you give here, it is visibly seen through the changing of people's lives and the ministering to their needs. You know that. That's why we have this day, and that's why it's so easy to say, give, it's your responsibility. Give, it's a completion to your worship. Give, because God is a generous God who's always giving, and you shadow him, you mimic him, you mirror him when you give. That is what God desires from us. And so give, but give faithfully. Faithfully. I don't know if I can do it this month. It's kind of like prayer. I don't know if I can pray right now. Now's the time you need to pray the most, right? The next thing is go. We may have to go back. There you go, go. You've heard opportunities to, to, to be able to go. To go is, is to be able to serve and, and to be able to share the word and to be able to be sent by, by God in, into the mission fields. When, when you give, it gives people opportunities to go. I don't know if most of you guys know this, but when a person joins the ministry of Embrace Church, they find themselves through a series of things qualified to be able to receive a grant to be able to go on a mission trip. There's been many of you who have been able to receive grants through the giving of this church to be able to go to mission trips like Wilmington, North Carolina and Tucson, Arizona. And as we go to the Mississippi Gulf Coast and, and as we go to uh, Springfield, Missouri, giving goes to that, but it also gives you the opportunity to go, to go. God's called us to be people to go. He says, go ye therefore into the world. So we go with the gospel. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. We, if anybody likes this passage of scripture to where Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he says, suit up with the armor of God. How many of you know the armor of God? Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, Right? Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The shield of faith. The shoes. Your feet sod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That wherever you go on your conquest as more than a conqueror, suited up as one who is sent by God, the king, the warring king, into a warfare, spiritual warfare, your, your, your battle armor is on. And as you go, it it's almost sounds like an oxymoron, right? I'm suited up for battle. I've got on armor, but everywhere I go, I'm going to bring 
It's the gospel of peace, to shod feet with a gospel of peace to go. Ministry teams is another way in which you can go. One of the greatest things that I think we get to do here is open a door on a Sunday morning with a smiling face and to show our love language of coffee and donuts, right? Ministering in the media center, ministering with the kids in the back, to be faithful in, in serving in some manner, but also to grow, to grow. 2 Peter 3, verse 18 says that, that uh, we are to, to grow in the grace of the Lord. That there is so much grace that is available by God, and God is always offering unto us grace in which we can grow, which means that inside of the realm of growing grace, there's also grace that covers our mistakes and our sin and our flaws and our failures. But just as well as there is a kingdom investment in giving and a kingdom mission in going, there is a kingdom development that is happening inside of growing. The faithfulness of God provokes us to continue to grow deeper, number one, in our knowledge of him, in our understanding of the word, and how these things can be applied. What I want for us at Embrace Church is, is to be people who are never how can I say this? I, I, this? Can I just talk straight up with y'all? I know some, some spiritually constipated Christians out there. Christians who are in the Word all the time. And they're praying all the time. And they're listening to preaching all the time. And, and they're, they're a reservoir of all this truth. But nothing ever goes out. Right? To, to, be, a, to be a group of people who who spiritually are growing and it's being known by our, our giving out, our sharing of the truth. You see, I believe if we, if we grow, it'll be seen in our going, it'll be seen in our giving, it'll be seen in the efforts of our seeking and seeing and being satisfied by him. And you say, Andy, how can I, how can I grow? Man, there are so many different ways in which you can grow here at Embrace Church, if you are stunted in your spiritual growth, it ain't my fault. Can I say that? Discipleship 101, 16 lessons with one individual carried over a course of however long it takes y'all to do it. Right? Multiply. Thrive Ministry is a, is a ministry for, for mentorship type stuff. You want to be a part of that? We got GW3, three people over three subjects in three months, praying through the word and reading the word together and sharing the word together. Do that, right? Oh yeah, the target. It's, it's a memorizing system to where you memorize one verse of every book of the Bible in a certain time period. You want to be a part of that? Sandy, I, Andy, tone it down a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit what my very beautiful wife said earlier. Life groups. Life groups are coming up starting next Sunday night. Me and if I can convince Joe to help me. Joe, we're going to be doing men's priorities and, and, and there's women through the Bible and, and there's a place for you to get plugged in, guys, and, and grow. And don't just show up two minutes before it starts and leave two minutes before it ends. Stick around, real things happen. You know what I'm saying? And and you have opportunities to grow. And, and, and so these sheets are in front of you. And so what I've got is I've got words on one side for those of you who don't use QR codes. Some of you guys are, what is a QR code? Open your phone. Go to the camera of your phone. 
Put the camera over each one of these squares and it'll tell you how to give and how to, how to sign up to go or how to sign up for a, a discipleship or something like that. It'll lead you through a process. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. I am not a, tax, uh, a tech-savvy person, okay? So I, I don't like technology. I break the internet at least once a week. Our, our kiosks, one of them's acting kind of funky. I think I did it, all right? So the... the we got two kiosks in the foyer. They're relatively new since October. But you know what you can do? You can scan any of these three. And you can build a profile of your information. We're only going to sell it one time on Facebook. I'm just kidding. We're not selling your information. You put your information in. You'll build your own profile. You'll be in the system. Soon we're going to have an app for this church. And everybody will have a kiosk in their pocket called their cell phone. It would be huge, it would be great, greatly helpful if you'll, if you'll do that. And you say, Andy, I can't get mine to work. So sign up on the counter. Me and Greg and the elders are here willing to help you. The, the, the desire, though, is that, is that we be faithful, that we be found faithful. Understand this. Why, what is all this for? It's for life change. Where's all this going? Where's all this going? You say, well, if you'll quit preaching, I'm going to go home and get something to eat. Right? Now, all of this one day is going to end at the throne of God. And you can do like me. You can cheer your team on to victory. We were down by 10, by the way. Had a terrible first quarter. But because I cheered them on. You can enjoy things like that, and you can have fun with things like that. But you can also get distracted with the things of this world and forget the very reason that God saved you, that God created you, the reason that God has kept you on this planet. And one day when I stand before Jesus, he's not going to say, good job on shouting roll tide when you were down 10 points. <laughs> he's not going to say that. As a matter of fact, he might be upset with me about that. Right? Every out of word and every out of thought. But what he, what he does want to do is he, he wants me to be a steward of the time and resources that I have. And every, every person that's going to be a steward must be found faithful. That's what it says in the scripture, right? Must be found faithful so that when I stand before him, I'll hear the words, well done, thou good and streak worthy. No. Faithful servant. It's about faithfulness, guys. And not just that last year was serving and we're done with serving. Jamie got up here and there's 50-something people serving in kids' ministries. Man, the reward y'all are going to get in heaven. It's amazing. That's great. We're, we're serving. We're not leaving that behind. We're just going to think about faithfulness. We're going to meditate on faithfulness.